0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Breslin Breakdown. This is the official podcast for Impact Sports for Michigan State's women basketball team. I am your host, Matt Merrifield. Joined tonight with two or three-fourths of the beat this year. We have Jada Coster across from me, Allie Cohen to my right. Unfortunately, Marin Klein could not be here tonight. Uh, she decided to go to a concert instead of recording this incredible podcast with At the us. At school
1: so. down the road.
0: Is she down? Is she at? She's well, she at Michigan?
1: Well, she's in the city down the road. At oh,
0: least. I. Uh, Ann Arbor sucks. I'm just going to throw it out there. A2. A, it's just <laughs> Ann Arbor and it sucks. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, we have a lot to talk to about or talk about in this episode. Obviously, Michigan State played their first regular season game of the year on Monday. They won that one over Delaware State and they have three games coming up before we will record our next episode next Wednesday. We're recording these on Wednesday night, So. Between now, they play tomorrow against IPFW, Sunday against Western Michigan, and the next Tuesday against Oakland, so we have a lot to get into going to this game. But first, Jay, it's the best part of the show, our question of the day, which for those of you that don't know, a new restaurant has recently opened on Grand River here at Michigan State, Raising Canes, it's a chicken tender restaurant, it's very popular, some people in this room camped out and went at 8 a.m. on the grand opening day and waited in line. 6 a.m. 6 a.m. No, Doesn't matter. You <laughs> still got up at seven a.m. to go get chicken tenders. Nonetheless, <laughs> it's been open for I think three, four weeks now. Well, plenty of opportunity to get there. How many times have you been to Raising Canes? And this is for everybody. Let's, let's start with Allie.
1: I need to think about it because the first when I camped out, I didn't actually get canes because I had an exam and I had to that leave. Still ca- that still
0: counts. Getting up at seven a.m. and going well, you didn't to canes counts. Okay, go up at
1: six thirty, got there yeah. at seven with my friends. Shout out Michael. He's not listening, but. We got there. We both had exams at ten twenty. The line was taking so long, we couldn't even get chicken because the canes <sighs> didn't actually open until nine thirty.
2: Wow! So you basically you
0: camped out. Well, we to... camped
1: out to possibly win free canes for okay. a year.
0: Wow. I mean, it's did you? Shot, but... We got so, like so. So how many times have you eaten canes since it's opened? Um, if you remember.
1: Three or four.
0: Three or four. I... Uh, yeah, I mean, I
2: think for me. I remember, well, I actually, it was the day of the MSU-Michigan game. We went with a few of my buddies at around, like, noon and then went to other places. And, the, I mean, uh, C- Canes is very good. I mean, I- I've been to it a few times. And, yeah, I mean, it's you know, a few times. I went with my roommates, so I think around three or four
0: times.
1: Only three. <laughs> I realized I've, only three. I
0: I know you guys like Canes a lot more than I do. I've been three times. I still stand the opinion that it is it is Okay, chicken is solid chicken, but this is there's no free ads on here, so I'm not gonna tell people there's no calls to action. Number one, number two, I'm not gonna tell people to go to Canes because it's not even the best chicken in the city. But what nonetheless, is the best chicken in the city. Uh, I'm not gonna answer that because that's a free ad, and we don't do free ads on here. So this is a completely unbiased podcast. As we move into the actual topic of women's basketball on this show, I'm gonna recap the ex or not the exhibition, the first regular season game of the year. Michigan State defeated the Delaware State Hornets 86-37 to at the noon tip on Monday. Marin and I were on the call for that game live on impact. Allie was there to write. Allie, what did you see from down on the court watching the game?
1: Okay, a very slow start, which we'll get to later. But besides that, I liked what I saw. They they Defense looked great. A lot of minutes, a lot of bench points. I believe they had 53 bench points, which I'm trying to find right now. Yeah, 53 bench points, 27 points off of the 26 turnovers that they forced. Mm, Let's see. What else? I don't know. They look pretty good. I like that every single player on the roster got in. Obviously, that's not going to happen for a normal game, but it's important that they did like even like the starters only got about 20 23 minutes of playing time and that's what suzy emphasized during the presser is that this team has a lot more depth than last year last year the roster for some games was six or seven players due to injuries and things so yeah suzy like really focused it on in the press conference that this team will be the complete opposite and there will be 10 girls in a game and you'll be seeing be seeing things from everyone
2: yeah, I mean, I wasn't able to, I wasn't able to watch. You were, you were busy you coming know. home from Columbus. Yeah, we were <laughs> trapped in Columbus covering women's soccer, shout out to women's soccer team by the way. They got the 4C, but anyways, yeah, we we were driving <laughs> back from plug. Columbus in the middle of nowhere basically, but we were listening to some of it and yeah, I mean, the things I would take away from it is you know a lot, a lot of the seniors got some good some good minutes and <clears throat> able to get in double digits specific, specifically Mo Joyner and Vischer, and yeah, I mean, you know, the slow start, once again, I mean, going all for 8 from 3 in the first quarter and shooting 3 for 9, I think that's, you know, you, <clears throat> you want to improve on that as you get into, you know, better opponents coming down this you know, coming into December here, but yeah, I mean, against a not-so-very-good Delaware State, not, State team. They're, they're not good. The yeah, worst. I mean, they haven't won a game in, you know, what was it, like Since February year.
0: 6th of 2021.
2: Yeah, but, you know, it's good to see it the veterans get get in the action and um you know get some good minutes but you know, like like you said Allie, they need to improve you know, shooting in the first quarter i think that's going to be inter- interesting to see as we, you know, we as we get into big time play so yeah
0: i think Susie addressed that in the press conference too she kind of called out the players a little bit like you know they started the game off 0 for 8 from 3 and i think combined with delaware state the first 10 or 11 three-pointers went unmade and Susie made a comment in the press conference about how she could still go out there at her age, and start throwing the ball at the rim, like you know, kind of have to make your shots. And uh, I thought that was interesting too. And she just made a comment about how, as a team, they can't get away; they can't get away with having slow starts. Once they get into the tougher comp- competition of non-conference, especially in two weeks, they head down or head out west to Portland for the PKI, playing two two teams, all all three of their opponents that they could play in that weekend, made it to the tournament last year and are very good. So the slow starts not gonna be able be able to get away with next year or in the in the coming weeks.
2: Yeah, I mean, you're playing a good Iowa State team in the in the in the PKI. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see like if this team is gonna be able to improve shooting wise and if the newcomers are gonna be able to fill in that role. I mean, like you saw in the exhibition game and like you saw some in some of this game against Delaware State and the defense forcing 26 turnovers once again. I mean, I think you're gonna see a maybe a trend of. For this team this year and like they did last year and kind of create those turnovers and yeah I mean it's gonna be interesting to see like how they can improve as you know they get into tougher
0: competition so yeah the another thing to add too is that we talked about the depth a couple times already Michigan State still without one of their incoming freshmen that's their top rated recruit coming into this year Abby Kimball she is out with an illness for the first couple weeks of the season. She'll be back soon, according to uh, Susie Merchant, but we still have yet to see Michigan State's rotation on full display. But anyways, we're still seeing a lot of production from everybody compared to the first game where Gabby Elliott, Kamari McDaniel, and Theron Halleck were the leading scores. Elliott was still the leading scorer with 14 again, but then you had Mo Joyner, who came out of nowhere and shot 3-for-5 from 3-point, finished with 12 or 13 points, and then Steph Fisher, the transfer from. Stephen F. Austin came out and had 12 off the bench. Susie had a lot of kind words to say about her. So I just think that going forward, being able to rely on different people each night can be very important.
1: Mm-hmm. It was really good to see Mo Joyner come out and do what she did because obviously she was on the team last year, covered the team last year. She was a good player, but she wasn't the best scorer. She kind of just moved the ball and things like that. So it was really nice actually seeing her put up points and putting in the work this year. I think that it will be really interesting to see the different – lineups unfold as we get deeper into the season
2: yeah I mean like, like you said Mo Joyner coming I mean, like a lot of depth in, in this team this as of right now I mean Mo Joyner coming off the bench having 13 and then Stephanie Vischer the transfer come with 12 I mean you're seeing some of the depth that Susie Merchant has you know kind of brought in and slash recruited and you know maybe it's going to pay off for this team this year that they really just didn't have last year I mean you're seeing a lot of injuries last year and if you know, if they can have the injury luck this year, I mean, we could see an improved team compared to the fifteen and fifteen team last year with
0: injuries. So. Yeah, yeah. Mo Joiner last year missed she got a concussion, I believe, in mid January against Ohio State, had to miss the rest of the year. So she was a key piece of that Michigan State bench that just wasn't there for them down the stretch. Obviously, like I mean, we're gonna keep beating it like a dead horse with the depth. It was nice to see like you know top players like Kamaria McDaniel only had three in the game against Delaware State. Didi Hageman played 20-plus minutes as a starting point guard, didn't score a single basket, still led the team in assists, but still not having—just being able to spread the wealth and having every bunch of people step up each game and go out and be the leading scorer is going to be very important.
1: It was—something I noticed was in the second quarter, they were putting in, like, bench-bench players. And, like, obviously, yes, we were playing Delaware State, but in the second quarter, we were not up by as much, especially at the beginning, and, like— Susie put Brooklyn Brewers in, who was a freshman last year, true freshman just getting to ride along with the team, but rarely played, and she was in. She had six minutes in the second, five points, and something that Susie said in the presser was that everyone gets to play in practice, and she said that everyone sees her games, but they battle in practice, and they do player efficiency ratings like football, and they look at every single thing. And she says they like to see who affects the gameplay and all the things. And she said if they earn it in practice, you're getting in. It doesn't matter who you are. If you earn it, you're getting in as soon as I want you.
0: Yeah, I was, I'll was. admit I was shocked on the broadcast a little bit because Brooklyn Ruhrs played very few minutes last year. Only played, I think, two or three minutes in the exhibition against Saginaw Valley. And then all of a sudden she came in middle of the second quarter and came out and got a couple baskets. She finished with five points on the afternoon. So it was just nice to see that, you know, <clears throat> Uh, for a team that's going to be lacking depth at the four and five spot, he's going to have to play a lot of small ball. It's nice to know that Susie Merchant is developing her young players to be able to step up because Brooklyn Rovers can step up, be a solid four or third option at the five. It's going to be, a, it's going to just make this team even better, especially when they mm-hmm. go up against the better competition with more size down low.
1: Every single player on the roster scored except for Hagaman, who obviously did lead the team in assists and Jayla James who was only in for one minute but every single other person on the roster scored
2: yeah I mean you we're gonna talk about her in a minute but Terry on a lock, I mean halleck I should say you know she had seven points two of three and I think you guys mentioned the depth I mean you know bringing in a freshman like Halleck, I mean you know like like you got I mean you guys read the game Susie praised her you know her efforts and, and what she was able to contribute off the bench and I think I mean, do you guys think she can be a crucial piece off the bench for this team this year, Matt?
0: Yeah, I think actually that's a great transition to our next segment, which is going to be the player of the week, which we're going to do every week, I think. And it's just <laughs> a highlight one player on the team and just talk about their impact they have. And this week we decided to go with Theron Halleck, who, like I said, uh, like Jay said in the press conference, Susie Merchant had a lot of very kind words to say about her. Very, very impressed with Theron Halleck. Even as a freshman stepping in, she's somebody that. Susie can be very hard on and can really get after and get in her face about it, and Theron takes it and is ready to go and embraces it and is always ready for the next play, which is very impressive considering she is a true freshman. She's come in already and has played 17 minutes in both the exhibition and in the game against Delaware State, and she's running the offense. There really doesn't seem to be much difference when she's off the floor and when Hageman's on.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Both press conferences so far, after the exhibition and after Delaware State, Susie has given her the highest praise. She says she's a freshman; she's going to make mistakes, but it's the way that she takes the criticism and actually changes her actions. And she does; she knows how to work the floor. She thirteen points in seventeen minutes. Like she definitely is going to be a big key piece for this team.
2: And I think, and definitely, like like Matt, you said about you know Susie kind of pushing Aaron. I think I know that shows that. You know, she does have a lot of potential, and she can be a key contributor for this team, you know, in the next couple of years. And as like as a true freshman, if you're getting good minutes off the bench already, you know, I think she could definitely be a a key role, a key piece for this team
0: in the next couple of years. So, yeah, I think it was interesting when I first asked the question. The first thing that Susie said was, "I love Theron." Like, just yeah. like very much, like she's very she loves the way Theron goes out and plays hard, is always ready to go at practice, is embraces the. Uh, criticism that Susie brings to her and always is ready to change and make herself better for the team and i think something that really showed her ability to like o- to overcome adversity even as a young player, is in the first half she didn't play all that well didn't have a single point in the first half finished with seven on the game so she really came alive in the second half attacked the basket hard and it's just nice to see that for a lot of freshmen they'll kind of back down and not you know kind of hide themselves especially when they got off to slow starts but to see theron come through like that and just you know fight through adversity and have a very nice second half. That's something impressive to see, especially as the backup point guard. So I think that's all we have on Theron. She is one of the two impact freshmen Michigan State should have this year. Obviously, like we said earlier, Abby Kimball, the freshman from Grand Rapids, is going to have an impact on this team off the bench as well, just waiting to see when she gets back from uh, recovering from her illness. Now we're going to move into the previews for these upcoming week, 3 games in the next 7 days, it's going to be a tough stretch for Michigan State. All all 3 games are at home and they're playing 3 teams that probably aren't the toughest competition, but it's going to be I think the biggest thing is going to be a test of this team's depth playing playing 3 games in 7 days. What are you guys looking to forward to see in these next couple of games? Yeah, I mean, you got
2: 3 t- 3 mid-major teams that you should be able to be and we'll get to that later, but I mean, yeah, I mean, like you said Matt, it's really going to test the depth of, you know, how how deep this team is, and if they're going to be able to provide good minutes against, I mean, they're still not very good teams, but you know, better than what they've been playing the last two two games. Um, especially against IPFW, um, you know, finished nine twenty one last season. I mean, you should be able to get some good minutes from most of your bench and to be able to cruise to a victory. Um, and especially I'm going to see, I expect Mo Joiner to probably get a good performance and more from Halleck, and yeah, so.
1: I'm mostly looking to see about the first quarter for each of these games. Yes, they aren't the hardest competitors, but it's going to be important for because after these three, is that when they go to the PKI?
0: Uh, they play Central so, Michigan. They play uh, Florida A&M. Florida A M at Central, the and then, okay, and yeah, then they go to the PKI.
1: On. Yeah, because when they're pl- at the PKI, it doesn't matter if they have a, th- a slow first quarter. That's going to be it for them. They need to pick it up. And these teams are where they can work on that.
2: Yeah, exactly. And especially in the first quarter, like you know, the first two games, you didn't really start shooting. You were not really start shooting well. You start off seven for twenty against Delaware State, three for nine from beyond the arc. And it's going to be interesting to see how they can uh, c-
0: continue that. Continue that as they go into these next three games. So yeah, I think another thing too to look forward look for is Michigan State obviously has forced twenty six tur- turnovers in each of their first two games, which is very impressive. But on the offensive side of the ball, they turn the ball over 13 times against Delaware State. I think something that's always a goal for a team is to keep it under. Keep, keep your turnovers at single digits, and you're going to have a very good game. And you can get away with it, a team like Delaware State. But also, if you're turning the ball over 13 times against Delaware State, that's not going to translate well when you get into the tougher competition. So I think that is something to look out for. And then also, I think the way the schedule is set up for this Michigan State team, it's kind of like a slow ramp up. Like you start off with Saginaw Valley, a D2 school. Then you have Delaware State, who was the worst team in college basketball statistically last year. IPFW wasn't also very good, but Western and then even up to Oakland are two pretty solid teams. Yeah. So respectable mid-major talent that competed in their respective conferences last year. So I'm just curious to see how, as the competition slowly ramps up, how the team continues to adjust and how the rotation even looks on the floor.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, if they, if they can continue that, you know, if they can go deep on the bench. From the you know, against these three teams and like and like you said, Matt, when when you roll into the PKI, it's gonna be their depth is going to be tested. You're gonna play start playing these really good teams like Iowa State, North Carolina, and Oregon. So it's gonna be really interesting to see how that goes. And by the way, I do have a sidebar. Oh, so God. IPFW, I mean, it's yep. on this it's on the show. Go sheet. mastodons. <laughs> yeah, go mastodons. So Michigan State obviously is that's their that's their next game tomorrow night, um, Thursday at seven. So they beat IPFW beat Ga- Goshen College ninety to forty five. Do you know where
0: Goshen College is? In Goshen, Indiana. There you go. Is, that's by South Bend, by the way. It is by South Bend. <laughs> uh, so. Do you know where what the nickname is? Allie, do you know what the nickname is for Goshen College? It's a nickname for our NHL hockey team. It's
2: on the show sheet. It's,
0: it's, oh, the it's Maple Leafs. It's on the show sheet.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> go Maple Leafs. So go go Shout with
0: Goshen College. you got to respect teams <laughs> that are named after original six franchises, even if they are the Wings' biggest rival. <laughs> yeah um, but anyways, <laughs> yeah, so IPFW did beat Goshen College 90 to 45 on Monday night. They start the year 1 and0. should be probably the easiest of the three games for Michigan State this week. They play them tomorrow at seven o'clock at the Breslin on Sunday afternoon at three. Michigan State takes on the Western Michigan Broncos. Western Michigan lost their opening game to Loyola Chicago, 60 to 51 on Monday. I still think that they're a better team competition wise for Michigan State. Uh, Western finished the year, what was it? Sorry. 16 and 14 on the year last year. So around 500, finished around 500 in the MAC last year as well. So they're a very respectable team. And then Oakland on next Tuesday at 7, Michigan State hosts Oakland. Oakland's 1 and 0 on the year. They beat Akron, another MAC school, on Monday night. They finished the year 15 and 5 last year. And it's important to note, they did play Michigan State a year ago, and they lost eighty-four to Michigan State. Beat Oakland eighty-four to seventy-one. So it should be interesting to see what how the how that result compares to this year's result next Tuesday.
2: Yeah, I mean you're playing two mid-major MAC teams. I think you should be able to get, get it done. And we'll talk about the week record in a second. But I mean th- th- these next three games. I mean it's for imp- important for Michigan State to take care of business against three teams that you know just aren't at the high level and you know, these two MAC teams you should be able to beat. You know, like like you said, Matt, you know, they beat they um, they beat um, they beat Oakland last year, um, 84 to 71. So you should be able to beat some of these teams. And, and for Western Michigan, yeah, it's just another one, you know, 16, 14 last year. You should be able to take care of business. And, you know, we're going to see, we're probably going to see a lot of minutes from the MSU bench once again. And, yeah,
0: see the depth unfold. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would like to note that in the Oakland and Western games, both teams feature uh, players on the roster that went to the largest high school in the state of Michigan, Dakota, Macomb, Dakota to be official, Cam Grant at Oakland, and then for Western, actually their leading score against... Um, who did they play? I'm sorry, why am I blanking on this? When they played Loyola on Monday, their leading score was... Taylor Williams from Dakota as well, so both, you know, representing Macomb, Dakota very well. Anyway, a shameless plug to my alma <laughs> mater, even though we uh, weren't very good athletically, or not as good as we should have been. But anyways, let's get into our predictions for this upcoming week. I think we all know where we're going with this, but...
1: yeah, mm-hmm.
0: I, got, I
2: got 3-0, I just think it's, I mean, it's pretty it's, obvious. I mean, you're, you're facing three w- mid-majors, like I've said, I mean, 3-0s. Go ahead, go Ellie. Yeah, 3-0. I it's, also
0: think. Th- oh, go
1: ahead. Oh, I've said it, it will be a test in the sense of they're playing three games in seven days. It really is going to yeah. put that players to a test. But the game itself, three and zero.
0: I think. Yeah, I think the biggest hope is that nobody comes out of this week injured. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I'm also. Seri- I'm just curious to see how Susie runs the rotation. See if she gets, any, if she gets more creative with it. You know, I don't think it'll be necessary. I, I think they'll go three and zero as well. My only other question would be: Is there like? Expect to go three and zero. Is there a scoring margin you'd expect to win by? Obviously, they won by fifty, almost sixty on um, on Monday, and then they beat they won by sixty again on last week in the exhibition against Saginaw Valley. So, would you say there's a margin that you would expect them to win by, or just? I think well, I, I think IPFW should probably win by at least thirty or forty. Yeah. I mean, they finished nine twenty
2: one last season, and then you know, once again, the MAC teams could be a. I mean, 20. 20, 20, 20, 25 I think that's pretty realistic. Against you know two against a MAC team, so yeah, yeah
0: I would agree. I yeah. think mm-hmm. I, I mean I think the margin of victory should technically, based on the level of competition, shrink with each game. I think IPFW yeah. they should blow out in similar fashion of Delaware State uh, in the net rankings last year. Delaware State was dead last. IPFW was like three hundred and second, three hundred and third, something like that. Uh, if I looked at that correctly the earlier, rankings, so they're not great. they were not very good not last right. year. So we'll see how that goes. But I think Michigan State should probably win each game this week by 20-plus. I would expect more for the IPFW game. But I think that's going to do it for us today here on the Breslin Breakdown. Thank you to everybody for listening. Make sure to follow us along on Twitter, or we will let you know if we are broadcasting any of those three games over the next week on Impact 89FM. Stay tuned for all our coverage on Impact89FM.org. Follow us on Twitter. To make sure to follow along, we do live tweets for games and everything along with that. Tell your friends about the podcast. You can find this podcast anywhere you find your podcast. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, and on impact89fm.org. Hope everybody has a great week, and we will see you next week.